So welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders, and thinkers. Today, I'm joined by Steve Pugh. You're very welcome, Steve, to the podcast. Let's begin by asking you to introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what you're involved in. So my name is Steve Pugh. I'm a chartered mechanical engineer by trade. I'm based in the northeast of England, and I run a global startup called Roadmap MBA. And what we're looking to do is make business education accessible to 5 billion people worldwide. That essentially, it's my belief that you have brilliant people all over the world, but actually commonly, there are massive barriers to business education and training that hold back 98% of the world's population. You've got cost, you've got time, you've got previous academic grades, you've got location in the world. Um, and actually in the real world, especially with the cost of living and that kind of thing at the moment, you have billions of people that are genuinely struggling day to day that they can't afford 35 grand to go to a local university and do a, a traditional MBA. But also it's my belief that traditional business education in its current form isn't actually massively relevant to 99% of businesses, which are small and medium sized businesses or anyone that works for themselves. That actually what we're really trying to do is rethink the whole sphere of business education and training to really kind of make it accessible to regular people that I grew up in Liverpool from a single parent family. She, my mom raised two boys, but I was at the point. So I first went to university in 2002 and this is when fees were 1500 pounds a year. They later went up to 9,000 pounds a year. And there's talk now of them going to nine, sorry, to 24 ish thousand pounds a year, which is kind of what a business school would normally charge. And the sad fact is that that is going to exclude, I think, 98% of the UK population to just, it's just too expensive. You just can't afford it. So I think as my day job as a management consultant, when I work with lots of different companies, that what people actually need and what the existing providers provide, I think is fundamentally different. And we're looking to change it. And then another big part of what we're looking to do, we have a massive community project where basically we have a buy one gift one scheme where we have users in 36 different countries now most recently afghanistan but the point is you could be in uganda and if you want to learn how to grow your career or launch your business and actually access good quality business education it doesn't matter how much money you earn where you're on the world and all of these different areas we want to make it accessible to you and that's what we're looking to do Wow. Um, that's a lot. So, uh, Steve, <laughs> you mentioned a couple of things there, which I want to dive into a little bit more about your own area of focus. You're, you're a management consultant. Uh, you're an engineer, I think, by, mm -hmm. yep. by um, your sort of background. Mm -hmm. And uh, could you maybe tell us, just unpack that a little bit for us, and then how did that morph into this sort of roadmap okay. MBA? I understand from a, a cost perspective and being able to provide this education, but how did you get from management consult which i think you still do some of that work yeah, don't you for, for do. large organizations how does yeah. how does that sort of all come together for you okay so i'm a chartered mechanical engineer by trade my certificates actually you can only see my chartership one but anyway but i'm i'm an engineer by trade and what that means is what i've always been good at is solving problems and looking at information i spent the last 10 plus years of my career working with companies and in companies to help grow them turn them around and do that kind of thing I always had ambitions growing up and going through my career to do a traditional MBA to learn business education and skills. And I did it the old fashioned route of hundreds of books and now podcasts are a new thing, but doing it the hard way to go and source all of this different bits of information because my job was to actually implement it. And especially in smaller businesses, anyone less than kind of 20 million, 50 million turnover, often you have people have to wear different hats. So you might have to do manage a team, but also sell to customers, do some marketing, input with the strategy and you have to merge all of this stuff together. 
So I've spent the last 10 years learning all of this stuff and getting really good at it. But the one thing that I noticed was actually, if you read, if you go into a bookstore, you will have management books, strategy books, sales books, that kind of thing. They all have their own vertical. But nobody had ever actually said, well, actually, how can we make our sales techniques better if we incorporate marketing? And actually, how can we fundamentally review business strategy by using lots of different areas and different regions? So what I did was merge it all together because I was practically living this stuff all day, every day. I know what works, what doesn't. So basically what we'd have is basically, uh, it's a textbook, but soon to be launched in an app. So it's 256 pages. 70,000 words. But what we do is we've got the complete roadmap to grow your business or career in one place, in one single book, in one volume. But the whole point being that as a day job, people hire me sometimes by the hour to go into their organization and make more money. So it's on a very practical level of actually how do you take an organization or a person and what do you do and what do you solve first to make money quickly? Because in the real world, that's the real driver. That's a complete just juxtaposition to traditional university education where it's generally cookie cutter, where they have a curriculum and regardless of who walks through the door, they throw it at you. And it's your job to be able to process that and then figure out actually, how do I use it to have an impact to either get promoted or to help my company make more money? What we wanted to do was actually just give people the answers. So rather than making you read a 600 page textbook, if you can really distill that down into two pages, it means that it's much easier for you at the podcast or someone else who runs a shoe shop to actually make a fundamental improvement and make a difference within their business because they just get given the roadmap, the guidance, the support to help make a change to get promoted in their career or make them make money. Because traditionally, I don't believe anyone else does that. And then the other flip side as well is that you do have challenger brands like Udemy, Skillshare and others that do online courses. But the big issue is, is that if you go to Udemy, they have 200,000 courses. So you're a business owner or you want to start a side hustle. You want to make it a success, but where do you start? Do you look at strategy? Do you look at social media? Do you look at marketing? It's overwhelming knowing what to do. And the truth is, I think that that is a barrier to education. It's just overwhelming. You don't know what you don't know. So you don't even know to look at different things. So to have a single volume and a single roadmap to follow brings it all together but the two things that kind of make it different is that with an engineering mind on to both understand all of the different disciplines from financial accounting and intelligence to personal branding and strategy and bring it all together for one it's quite difficult to learn all of this stuff but then to actually process it to figure out how can you make your business strategy better if you use techniques from sales closing etc And then actually to be able to communicate it and articulate it in a way to people that might have left school at 16 that don't have two master's degrees in a way that they actually understand. And then part of the startup and the mission is how do we then process that to create a brand, create a product, create a service offering, which people anywhere in the world can access. And yes, that's my kind of mission, but it's because of my background, because I grew up understanding the problem. I understand the, the, the fact that families struggle with cost Uh, But also it's largely because I understand all the different areas of business and actually do it every day. Um, I'm really good at it. And it's just that balance of now when we're looking to communicate that to help other people. It's not so much about me. It's not even about making money. It's about helping people in Dublin or Uganda or Nigeria or anywhere. If they've got a dream and ambition to launch or grow a business, it just gives them support and help to actually help them do it in a way that often they're excluded from Harvard Business School 
But the truth is what Harvard Business School teach, unless you're a Google or a FTSE 100, 200 company, it's not necessarily actually that relevant to a single parent that has a side hustle that sells cupcakes to help her actually make money and pay her bills. So we sit at that tier below that it, we're not aiming for the world's top 1% like all of the top business schools are. We're actually purposely going for that middle tier, regular people, micro, small, medium-sized businesses to give people a complete roadmap, but actually make it accessible. So that's the kind of fundamental difference. Yeah, I, I get that, Steve. And I think I heard something that made me smile the other day. Um, somebody was saying that a couple of generations ago, the smart people got hired straight out of school mm -hmm. and the ones that weren't so smart ended up going to college. Now, mm -hmm. that wasn't my generation. You know, I was very much told to go to college, to get an education, to better yourself. And I was very fortunate that I was in a position to do that. But like you say, there's a lot of people that weren't able to do that. And I know a lot of people who then maybe later in life decide that they want to start their own business or they get involved in a company and realize they need to go back to education mm -hmm. and it's it's still out of their reach you know it's not financially viable either from a time perspective or a, mm -hmm. or a pure financial money perspective yeah it's beyond because they have other responsibilities they have they have other costs so i can see where the roadmap mba really fits in and what what about the question steve where how does it compare to say doing a traditional MBA compared to doing mm -hmm. the, Is this more practical? Is it more on the ground? Does it get in under the skin of it? Or what, what's the difference on somebody who's gone through the, I think yep. you refer to it as the traditional route. Yeah. So the biggest difference is that you have academic theory, which you, so general uh, university courses are 12 modules. So you might do one module, for instance, on financial intelligence, which they'll teach you all about things like uh, quick ratios. And there's a lot of jargon that you can use to look at a set of company accounts to then figure out actually if we are we overutilized on assets or actually are we getting the best return on capital for. But these are all concepts. If you go in as a senior manager in a bigger company, yes, you can implement them. Nothing covered in a traditional MBA helps people actually set up a business from scratch. Yes, they might do one module on entrepreneurship, but the truth is if you want to start a business to pay your bills in two months, you need to learn about sales and how you set up quickly and practically and bring it all together in a way which actually you can use, if that makes sense. So the, the point being that the, the main difference between the two is one is very theoretical based where essentially you have uh, curriculums for the, the course or for that module. So the learning objectives might be to learn about CSR. And what they often do is say, look, these are the four sort of course textbooks. Go and read these modules, go and read these 50 pages. Then we want you to write a 2000 word essay using the Harvard referencing system to go through and talk about how does BP CSR policy in 2019 change to how it changes. The point is what they do is that they ask you to go and read textbooks and read theory, write an academic report on it, which then they grade you on where probably you're going to get between 50 and 70%. You know, very rare that people get above 70 and generally if you're paying 20 grand a year, they're not going to fail you. But the idea is it's all about regurgitating education from a textbook theory point of view, less so about actually how do you actually do this stuff in person? Does that make sense? And, you know, prime example, so for instance, you might also do a module on leadership and management. And what they'll ask you to do is read academic papers about what does the industry theory and what do the academic experts say about the latest trends in leadership in small to medium sized enterprises? 
But that's a whole world of difference between writing a theory on a paper and actually working in a proper business where COVID hits and you're like, oh my God, do we have to close the doors? Do we not close the doors? How do we manage a team? How do we empathetically relate to them? The point being, there's a whole world of difference between theory and practice, but because my day job is the practice, I get paid to do it. I, I was there when COVID kicked off and lockdown hits. I get brought into companies that need to make money in two months or they go out of business. The practical hands-on approach where metaphorically I always roll my sleeves up, but I physically do as well. But that's the fundamental difference between if you actually need to make a difference quickly, the roadmap is a great option for you. Plus you can get it for free, so fine. But the traditional university certificate, that approach, if you can afford to do it and you want to do it, it's amazing. But for the 98% of the world's population that can't afford to do that, or they don't have the undergraduate degree to get in and they can't afford it, or they got kids, or they, got, they have to work for a living because they can't just give up work for two years. For all of those people, they need another option. And that's where the roadmap comes in to, again, cover things, start to finish. And yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. the main difference. Yeah, I can, I, I understand that, Stephen. You, you've invested heavily in this. You, you're mm -hmm. standing here, we're talking today, you're in a very nice studio. And I've seen some of, some of your studio, because obviously you do an awful lot of online discussions, mm -hmm. you publish those videos um can you tell me a little bit about you know you decided to set up the studio you've got other guest presenters and you also mentioned you're moving to an, an app mm -hmm. is that so you can update the content faster or you know what's the what's the thinking there so i'll do the studio first so i'm um i always love to watch see what people do see what other companies do and for instance there's a, a language app called duolingo that teach people languages so Duolingo don't claim to make the best language course in the world, but they make a language course which is accessible to a lot of people that you might use that to then later do a language degree. The point is, you know, there's levels of what they look at. So I've always been a massive fan of Duolingo. But also if you know a company called Peloton that do fitness classes. So with Peloton, and actually I have a bike there and a TV there, but you can go on and you can, I want to do a spinning class. So I go through and I can scroll through all the different presenters and some are in German, some are in English, some are based in America. But if I want to do yoga or Pilates or whichever, there's this basically Peloton have four global studios. So New York, London, Germany. And what they do is the whole point, the user has choice to go on and pick who they wanted. So I knew if I wanted to aim at a world-class level, my minimum viable product for the business, and I think you've got one, was actually the physical book. And that was where I got the idea from my head into a physical form. And actually people love to have a workbook to work through and write in and stuff, which is cool. But the issue is when I send thousands of these around the world completely for free to places like Afghanistan, it takes a long time to arrive. It's very expensive and actually it doesn't always arrive. But the point is that's not a scalable model. I can't just give away stuff for free for the rest of my life because I'll go bankrupt. But with the app, what we wanted to do is both have the platform where not only can you get all the same information that we have in the book, but there's video tutorials for every single concept, but also we have them all subtitled, there's transcripts. But the idea being that you could be blind or deaf, but we've really played really hard on web accessibility the fact that again making business education accessible is a multifaceted approach which we can do online and there's a website as well so it's roadmapmba.com that you can't do in physical books you know so we, we physically want to do both and the whole point of having the studio is that yes i've spent a lot of money to actually create all of this and it's all top end kind of equipment but the challenge was was to create it all from scratch but now ironically i'm a big fan of bloomberg if you know them as well 
but actually this studio could in theory run 24 hours a day with different presenters where actually you could have people presenting in Japanese, Chinese, uh, French, Spanish, Hindi. But actually, again, in the Peloton example, we want the ability for people to go on and choose, like, actually, I want to learn from Simon or Ashley or Jane. And they can do that. So I'm only, you know, I'm self-funding this. And I'm only kind of a year and a half into the journey. But the idea is it's fundamentally putting in the building blocks that one day could be on YouTube, could be on lots of different things. This room could run 24 hours a day. So I have this setup and I have a different setup. But it's just, it's the, it's trying to build a broadcast company, which actually can outperform what a lot of other people do, but still give a great user experience. Does that make sense? So in trying to bring all this together, it is very difficult, but if you understand the users and what people actually want, it was actually, it was a pivot after I launched the original first book. The original plan was just to have the book and then some pre-recorded videos. And the idea was people going and learn themselves. And it was some of the feedback saying, well, actually, you know, we'd really love the chance on Zoom to talk it through with you to actually help understand how to use the information and make a real difference. So then I kind of, I realized it was worth investing in having and creating a studio to kind of do it properly. And the more I looked at what my competition do, very few of them actually do live sessions and live drop-in sessions where you can come on and ask me stuff to help run your business. But the reason why they can't do it is because very, you know, if you got a marketing lecturer to present the session, but actually the people that turn up for the session want to learn about sales, they might not be able to answer it. It just happens because I'm the guy that wrote the book and figured it all out that actually I can answer questions to do with anything because I kind of understand it, that that in many ways is the USP, but it's how we start to bring all of these together. So that again, 86% of the world's population have a smartphone. That as long as you could be sat on the bus or at your kid's swimming lesson, and actually if you wanted to just work a little bit on your business and you wanted to figure out how can you do your next marketing plan to really kind of understand the consumer better, you can do it whilst you're sat there out and about in a way that you're probably not going to take the book. Although we do have a user that takes her book on the tube with her. She said she loves it. But it's trying to piece all of this together. But actually the real point of the app is the scalability. That if you go into the app store, um our beta for the first version of the app is live now, but we're not going to publicize it until the version two is out. But if you search for MBA, there are not many options. So we also hope that actually will rank really highly. And I've been putting a lot of time into SEO and that kind of stuff as well. So hopefully that answers your question. It does, Steve. And, you know, I'd, I'd want to congratulate you because I think your, your studio, the quality of the content that you're putting out and also the help that you're providing to the community uh, i think uh, a lot of people really appreciate it so i would encourage people to find out more about what uh, the roadmap mba and what steve Pugh is doing uh, out there because it is fascinating and i love the the bloomberg sort of reference mm -hmm. and the in theory you could run a 24-hour studio mm -hmm. um, and the building blocks being put in place um before we run out of time steve i want to fire a couple of questions that's fine. If i can yeah um we talked a lot about the, the role of MBA, but when you learn, what what are the books or the papers or the authors or the titles that you really like that you find have been helpful to you over your career? Is there anything that springs to mind? So I I have a very varied pot that I kind of pick up from. And it's a part of that where when you get good at lots of different stuff, if you haven't read it, something called Blue Ocean Strategy is really worth looking at ironically same principle you can buy the book for 20 quid on amazon it's 400 pages or there's a one hour youtube video of the same people that wrote the book it tells you all the same stuff so just watch the video 
but that was really good. And then actually there's a lot of other stuff. Um, oh, I was going to say Dale Carnegie, but actually influenced by Robert Cialdini is a classic. Uh, so it's six universal principles of social influence. And often the hardest things to learn are the things that you aren't really interested in, but are still really important. So financial intelligence is a really big, good one that to learn properly what, how, you know, cash flow and profit and loss accounts and balance sheets and that kind of thing. Whilst it's not sexy, it's really important because I know loads of business owners that run a business and they even make money as in they get revenue. They don't really make any money. And often it's the control of your overheads and everything related to that is really important. My point being that actually the more you can learn from different areas, it all really helps build you as a more rounded person. It's part of the reason why we cover everything within one place is to really help you kind of do that. But the truth is, you know, everyone's answers are different and every business is different. That Likewise, just because something works for someone doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And that's where you need the, the lens to be able to understand how even a book that was written last year, now this has been recorded in December 2022, if we're about to go into a really deep, hard recession, what worked two years ago when interest rates were half a percent is going to complete, be completely different to interest rates go to five, six percent. And that's where you need the context. But for anyone that has the ability to learn, adapt and understand, that is actually what will keep you ahead of the, the curve, if that makes sense. So you had so many people in the past few years talking about how invest in property, invest in property, buy as many houses as you can. That's because we had 10 years of half a percent or no percent interest rates. If they jump to 10%, you're going to have hundreds of thousands of people that could go bankrupt because they've got mortgages on 10 houses they can't pay for. The point being time makes a difference that even the reference material when it's from might not be relevant now. And that's where you need your wide source material just to try and figure stuff out. But I, I love learning from you. I love watching Elon Musk. I love watching everything, but it's always what people actually do, not what they tell you they're going to do because you have so many um, so-called experts on LinkedIn that will all talk the talk about how I'm a leadership coach and I can scale businesses, but yet they, they're a consultant, they work on their own and they outsource their stuff for time. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the point being, trust the guy that's actually doing it versus someone else that just tells you they can do it. There's a whole world of difference and the problems that come up. And actually it's that just common sense check and find who works for you, who inspires you, who do you relate with, and then talk to them. That sounds good, Steve. Uh, you mentioned a few brands earlier. We were talking about Peloton and mm -hmm. uh, Bloomberg and things like that. But when it comes to people in business, so it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be business, but are the people that you admire and people that you you sort of that inspire you or that you learn mm -hmm. from? The one that I love is have you ever heard of Spanx? So it's a US originated women's underwear brand. It was a lady called Sarah Blakely that started that. So she was a, a salesperson in her 20s. Um, you know, she was very good, very bright, very enthusiastic. And she had a, a dream and an ambition to start her own business. But then what she wanted to do was rethink from scratch women's underwear, but actually how can it be done better, which better suits the consumer? But nobody gave, gave her any attention. When she went to manufacturers, they were like, oh, no, we can't do it like this. It has to be this one. She was like, why? But she asked a lot of questions. And then even after she launched the business, she would go to department stores and sell to everyone. She would, even all the shop assistants, this is the product, this is why it's good. And she hustled and she worked and she worked and she worked. And it's now a multi-billion dollar company that she owns 100% of 
but she did it the hard way and she knows what she's doing. She asks good questions. She's very humble in her approach. But I love that about someone versus, I'm going to pick on Zuckerberg just because he's big, versus someone that has an app that just scales and runs by itself, which is amazing. And I want to follow that same journey. But for someone that will just grind it out for years and years because they're passionate about the topic, that really inspires me. And then there's another chap, which actually I only discovered quite recently. His name's Sir Ken Robinson. And ironically, he's actually from Liverpool. So he grew up four miles from me. So he grew up in a really poor part of the city, but he devoted his life to education. He went on to become Sir Ken Robinson. He's done three major TED Talks. And his big thing was about customizable education. So the fact that with the current UK or global education system, we take kids and they put them into school at one end, force everyone to learn the same stuff, and then they get kicked out at the other end. But the truth is, if you're basically artistic or you want to be a dancer or you want to be a creative or a sports person or an engineer, it doesn't work if you fit everyone through the same mold, if that makes sense. And he championed for years and years and years about the idea to have customizable education so that based on the needs and desires of the individual, you can give them tailored stuff. So Ken actually, unfortunately, died two years ago. And someone I'm working with at the moment raised his what he was doing and to me and that kind of thing. And actually with the roadmap, that's now what we're looking to do. It'll be a major part of our pivot for next year. It's customizable education so that someone could come onto the course and we're going to have a whole software platform around it. We're based on your own requirements on what size of business do you work in? Is it making money? Is it losing money? And actually go through a series of questions. But the point is, if you're genuinely worried about paying your bills next month because it's just not working as you hoped, the plan to tackle that is different to if you're making 10 million quid a year, in which case we might tweak the strategy. The point being with software and actually with what we're looking to do, you can change that. But it's someone that I never even knew about maybe three months ago has really inspired me that I always had an inkling to follow that route but now it's it's I know it's the right thing to do and I just think it's beautiful that someone that grew up in fairly you know poverty from Liverpool who went on to become world famous in what he did he unfortunately dies but someone from his own hometown has picked up that mantle that yes we're doing it for business education and training but actually we're going to actually do it and it's very difficult to do but the point is it's just people that you discover on LinkedIn and through talking to people can be really inspiring. And what I love is the fact that I don't know who the next person's going to be that will inspire me. It could be one of your other guests, but that's the beauty of it. Does that make sense? But that's only because that's relevant to me. But so Ken Robinson might not, you know, be applicable to you, but that's again, why it's personal. And, um, but I just, I love to learn. I love to, you know, see what other people do. And I have a real soft spot for people that have kind of come through adversity to try and get to where they are. Yeah, I love, I love customizable education <clears throat> as a term. That 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 really resonates because uh, you you often hear, don't you, people say, well, a lot of the stuff that I learned, I don't find it applicable. I've never exactly. used it. And having that customizable <clears throat> approach to education, I think that would really appeal. So it's never been done before because it's really difficult to do, but I know how to do it. I've already built like the demo. We haven't rolled it out yet, but it's just, it's the whole point of where every different person has a different challenge and the advice will be different for different scenarios. And with business, there are right and wrong answers, what you should consider and what you shouldn't consider as well. That's very difficult to do in childhood education, but obviously I only have one kind of remit, but that's where we're going to start. That's going to be a major focus for next year, but also because it's so difficult to do, it's a genuine USP that 
you know, nobody else has that. And, you know, the ed tech startup market is huge. It's probably $100 billion in like size. And I don't believe a single person is doing what we're looking to in the way we're looking to do it. That's where we're really looking to make our mark next year. Sounds very exciting. And with your own roadmap or your own journey to date, have you received or is there anybody who's passed on in, uh, like some advice to you or is there any, what would be sort of the best advice you've <clears> received or something that you that has stuck with you? I think there's been a few things because with when I originally collated all the information, it was throughout my actual career. Um, it was a really crude word document. So someone had said something to me and I'd literally just write it down. And then over COVID, I actually started to bring it together together. And it's different people's advices from different parts of the world. So there's a really, really good salesman, the guy called Trevor Arnold, that's retired now. He's made his money in oil and gas in the 70s. And one of his tips of advice that he gave me is, especially if you're looking to sell to someone, especially in America, it really works, never show your full hand straight away. So you would say, uh, hi, Simon, I've got something I'd love to share with you that I think will really help with X. Can we have a chat? But the point being, you want to intrigue them enough to get them to reach out or reply without just giving them the answer. Because what that then does, it gives you the ability to learn more about the customer and the journey and actually build the link. But actually just saying, I've got something I'd love to share with you is really valuable as opposed to just blurting stuff at people. But that was just from you know, genuine advice from him that I picked up. Another one was actually in the back of a taxi in Dubai from a former boss called Brian Bunn. And we did, we were talking about business strategy and that's what my job was. And it was actually to do with, uh, we call it one jump, not two in the book. But if you take on too much stuff, if you try and jump about too much to launch all this extra stuff, so to launch a new product or service in a new market, there's too many unknowns that it becomes exponentially harder to make it a success. So rather than try and do both at the same time, just pick one, either launch your existing product in a new market, maybe France, or stay in your current market, but launch the new product, which could be t-shirts or the spin-off of what you've currently done. But if you try and just launch new t-shirts in a foreign country in France, well, you don't know how to make t-shirts, but you don't know the foreign market, you don't know consumers, there's too many things to learn that it's going to fail. But the point is I learned that in the back of a taxi on the way to a property meeting. I still have a very visual memory, but it was just all of these hundreds of these little gems that you pick up. But because I actually use them and do them, I know if they work or not and anything which was crap, I just got rid of. Um, but but they all have stories and there's all stuff from you know life uh, that we then kind of incorporate. And likewise, you also learn so much more from the bad bosses than the good ones that when you've had a terrible employer that treated you this way, you then know, well, actually, if I'm the boss one day, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And it's all of those different, even my first ever job was in a supermarket. The stuff that you learned there I was on £3.20 an hour, that actually is applicable when you run the company or you run a startup. And it's just your life experience. I just love to write things down and keep stuff that works and then actually always bring a new lens to new things to look at it in a new way. But actually, if I think it's useful, and I'll share it. And if I don't, I won't. Um, so yes. Yeah, very insightful. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's the... Uh, it could be the bad experience or the job that doesn't really lead anywhere that actually you refer back to, or it gives you that yep. experience, doesn't it? Or that learning, I suppose. Yeah. A mm -hmm. couple of quick ones just to finish off, Steve. Um, yeah, obviously we're recording this in advance because this is a new sort of podcast. I'm delighted that you're one of our sort of launch people uh, to help us get this going. Um, 
But as we go ahead into 2023, as you work through your business throughout the year, you've got some exciting pivots and new strategies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what are you what are you most passionate about? Like what's what's really motivating you as you look forward for the next 12 months or so? I think it's actually making an impact. You see far too many charities or organizations that could go out and make a real difference to real people. Or they could sit in the background and talk the big game and talk the strategy and fundraise and crowd, you know, crowdfunding and stuff. For me, it's not about me. It's about people that are genuine in the course that want to just pay their wages, feed their kids and progress themselves. And I know that if I don't do this, I don't think there's many people in the world that could do what we're doing and how we've done it. But I know if I don't do it, nobody else will. And the bigger issue is, is that I have within my family, uh, brothers and cousins and nephews and lots of children but i also have family that are near the poverty line and i know for a hundred percent fact even at today's rates they cannot afford to go to university and that breaks my heart because you have genuinely smart people from all over the world from rotherham to liverpool to newcastle to dublin everywhere and the issue is the current systems don't support poorer people they just don't because you have barriers because generally poorer people have to work shifts they can't just take time off to go to college or whatever And the issue is those issues of pandemic in society that's very, very difficult to change. So what we're trying to do is rethink the whole thing. But what motivates me is that I know that if I stop, I don't think anyone else would ever pick that up because it's such a big challenge to do that actually it's that which motivates me. So it's it's not even about me and the course. It's about the bigger, wider picture that even if I go through all this pain and effort, and in six months time, Google launched something that's bigger, better, faster, whatever. I'd be fine with that because at least I've tried. I was in Cubs and Scouts growing up and it was always just do your best. And that's the big thing for me is that, you know, I can comfortably sleep safe at night knowing that actually if I went bankrupt tomorrow, have I done the best I could up until today? Yes, I know I have. And if it fails, it fails. But if it doesn't, the hope is that you have communities just around the world that could be in Afghanistan or Ukraine. We have we have six or eight users in Ukraine that are currently, arguably, at war. But they're still real people that run, run real businesses that want to grow those businesses and sell around the world. That yes, of course, I give the stuff away. But the point is, any challenges that I have in my life based in the northeast of England about energy bills, okay, it's not ideal. But compared to some other people, it's a whole different world. But the point is, if I can help people in Ukraine and insert any country here, that's what kind of makes me excited. And yes, I could actually jack it all in and get paid a lot more and have a job, but I wouldn't get that fulfillment. And also it's just, it's it's the classic thing, where do you get happiness from in life? And it's to have such a big, hairy, audacious goal that is almost unachievable, but you actually strive happiness from trying to achieve the goal, not actually achieving it. So this is my Simon Sinek infinite game that actually I know I'll never do it, but if I can make a difference that, then, you know, then it's all worth it. And did it surprise you just a quick follow on Steve? Did it surprise mm. you how international this became? Because you have a lot of people in lots mm. of different parts of the world now, haven't you? Mm-hmm. I think yes and no, because one of the things I'm quite good at, yes, I'm good at the science stuff and as an engineer to figure stuff out. But it's the empathy to really understand people's positions. I think I, I get quite well. I get that from my mum. And the truth is the challenges that people face are the same in Mexico, in Chile, in Argentina, in Ukraine. 
that those basic human needs, think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, are largely the same. That yes, we have ambitions one day to translate into different languages. But again, what we're looking to do is help address a core human need that I go back to the point that, yes, if you can afford to go to traditional business school, Harvard, Durham, uh, London School of Economics, you name it, do it. It's amazing. But the truth is for everyone else that can't, I don't think there's an option which actually is any good. And that's what we're looking to, to fill. Thanks, Steve. Um, well, we've we've covered a lot of ground there. And uh, is there anything else that you, you'd like to share with our audience? Or is there anything that we haven't touched on today that you'd like to uh, wrap up with? No, I, just, I think the big one is that anyone, literally anyone can get in touch. Get in touch. You can get download everything for free on the website, all the videos, all the tutorials. If you get in touch with me personally on LinkedIn, I'll send you a free book and stuff as well. That's cool. But the point is there are skills and things out there that will genuinely help you use them, take advantage of them and actually just, you know, do your best. I think one of the big things is that and LinkedIn's famous for it. You have so many people all, nobody ever puts bad news on LinkedIn. You know, nobody ever says, you know what, I'm really struggling. I tried to sell to a thousand people. Only two of them actually replied all of this stuff. It's always the good stuff. But, and the big thing, the problem that that causes is a lot of people then think, well, is it just me? Is it just me that I'm a failure? Everyone else wins all the awards. I don't win any awards. I don't make as much money as I hoped. Is it just me? And it, the chance I know it's not. And that's one of the things with the live stream is I purposely talk about stuff that we've done and it's gone wrong and whatever, because on a one-to-one -one level, the world will always tell you it's perfect and it's not. And it doesn't matter. You can pick Simon Sinek. You can pick anyone. They will have their regular challenges that you all kind of deal with and stuff. And it's just, everyone goes through it. Just not everyone talks about it. And I think that's just really important to keep in mind that actually even me with the shows and the books and the stuff, it's tough. It, genuinely, it's tough. There's so much stuff that goes wrong. But the point is, because I believe in the mission and I do know what to do to keep pivoting and learning, I know what to do. But a lot of people don't. But actually, if you're not sure, you can get in touch and there are options out there that you know hopefully can help. So, Stephen, if people want to reach out and find you, you mentioned, you know, they can contact you, but what, what's the web address? What's the best platform to use? So the web address is roadmapmba.com. And we also have roadmap.mba, which I'm tempted to switch to. Uh, but anyway, uh, Steve Pugh on LinkedIn. Um, we, we're at roadmapmba on all the socials. And that's everything, I think. But honestly, anyone, um, anywhere from anywhere, if you want to get in touch, I'll always kind of reply and stuff as well. That's great. Well, listen, that brings us nicely to the end of this episode of the Global Discussion. Thank you for watching, listening to this episode. And uh, make sure that you obviously like, follow, subscribe, the usual thing. Um, and do tune in again uh, to listen to more and to watch more of the Global Discussion with more creative leaders and thinkers. Uh, last thing from me, thank you so much indeed, Steve, for being part of this and continued success with everything that you do, my friend. Cool. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dave.